We are very excited about today's call, but before we dive into the nitty gritty, we have Jesse Ledoux, our queen of coaching, with our kind of product discovery of the week. So Jesse, tell us what you got. I can remember before Pageant Planet existed, Googling pageant questions or pageant interview questions and trying to piece together all of these resources, but we've kind of done the hard work for you now that we are here. So there are 233 practice questions that we have available on the Pageant Planet for free to use based on your age, based on topic, et cetera. So look no further for your practice questions. Got it. Now, are these questions broke down into categories? Are they just like general run-of-the-mill questions? How do we, how do we cultivate them? There are a ton of different categories, and they're broken down by age, of course, because we're not going to ask a princess of a four to six age group the same question we're going to ask a Mrs. contestant. So they have all sorts of variations of age, but there are also various categories that include, for instance, platform-related questions, general getting-to-know-you questions, current events questions, and we try to update them about every six months so that they are current. Gotcha. And like when they find them, are they on a blog or are they kind of like a PDF version that they can download, take with them? How do they get it? Yeah, all you do is enter your name and your email into our website and we will email you a file. So you can open up that file and they all are right there. What I did is I, once I downloaded them, I was able to take screenshots on my phone and I carried them with me everywhere where I go. And it's perfect because with my mock interviews for our VIP clients that were doing those mock interviews, I always say, get your list of practice questions and do at least five a day. And that way you're practicing good habits and you're getting confidence with a wider range of questions. Yeah. And I was actually, so I was just looking at these questions over the past, uh, I don't know, it, it was like over the past week and we've had more than 40,000 girls, um, download them over the past few oh years. Oh my gosh. And what I've found in some quiet testimonials is that girls are like, oh my gosh, these questions are like these exact questions were asked to me in interview. And so I followed that those few emails and what I discovered is we have like, are you a judge or are you a coach or are you a director and equal amounts of girls, um, wait, equal amounts of directors, judges and coaches download our questions as the girls. So it's kind of a cheat sheet and there's a high probability you're going to see these questions inside of your interview because judges, they don't necessarily know what to ask. So they're doing research before the pageant and then they stumble on our questions and they ask you. There you go. That's a perfect strategy. So um, how can they find it? What link can they go to go directly to download the, the questions? You can go directly to get these questions by visiting pageantplanet.com backslash podcast um, after you hear this podcast this week. Or you can always visit our main website, pageantplanet.com under freebies. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. Welcome to the Pageant Planet Podcast, where we help you succeed in pageantry. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the call. Today, Jesse and I, we are going to discuss the benefits of failing. And it's not necessarily the most delightful of topics, right? Because no one really likes the failing experience. But in failure, we actually learn a lot. So, Jesse, set the stage for us. Tell us like kind of what we're going to learn and what we're going to discover throughout this show. You know, I always say that my pageant experience was exactly as it was meant to be. 
And I lost way more pageants than I ever won when I was competing. And it wasn't till I really hit my sweet spot that I was successful. But it was something that I took away from every single time that I did not walk walk away with the crown that really made me a stronger competitor and ultimately led me to my international title. So every single person that competes, unless you are, oh my gosh, um, Teresa Scanlon, who wins the first time out to her state national pageant, or Olivia Culpo, I mean, those contestants exist, but they are so few and far between. So it's important that you learn to leverage your missteps along the way into a success. Gotcha. So help us set the stage. Give us an experience that's maybe embarrassing for you at the time, but then you learned a lot from as it pertains to pageantry, of course. Oh my gosh. Well, um, I told my Osafa Powell story in last podcast. So if you want to check that out, but um, ultimately I was 17 when I competed in the Miss America organization for the first time. And my local interview was very fluffy, very getting to know you. I got to the state pageant and I was being hammered with current events. So um, I was asked about who I thought would be the next president, made up a name of Osafa Powell, not a politician, but a sprinter. Um, but then I was, my platform at the time was um, eradicating hunger on a local, state, and national level. And I got a question about hybrid, hybrid do I think hybrid foods are dangerous? And I was like, I, I don't even know, what, I can't even think of the answer that I gave at the time. I pretended like I knew what they were. I had no idea. So I wasn't being honest. I wasn't being genuine. And ultimately I made a fool of myself because hybrid fruits are like, tangerines. I mean, it's not <laughs> something crazy. So like once I looked it up, I felt like a moron. And that's really was like, you know what? I don't need to try to be somebody else in an interview. I just need to be myself. And that was one of the biggest lessons I could have possibly learned. And I was fortunate to learn it at age 17. But I mean, those are the moments where you step back and you're like, why wasn't I just honest? And that could, I mean, you could replace that with any other story about any other phase of competition but it's just important to be able to look back laugh at yourself but then grow yeah and really to have that kind of that's one of the reasons i love like older people because they are just so authentically them and they don't give a rip like what you think they're just saying what's on their mind they're like whatever i've been on this planet for 80 years you've been on it for 20 i don't care what you think um and there is something just really refreshing about someone who just knows who they are and they can say, yeah, great question. No idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so with yourself, when you – because whenever any of us fail, you get that initial wave of embarrassment. Some people, their mm-hmm. ears get red. You get hot. You just feel like the whole world is staring at you. Um, first, how did you make it through that And how did you turn it around to really say, okay, what can I learn from this experience? Yeah, so after after my interview, I kind of had a feeling I wasn't going to make it, considering I called Barack Obama Osafa Powell, figured that was going to be nail in my coffin, and then tangerines being the devil. Um, I th- was pretty sure that I was not going to make the finals. And I had a breakdown. I mean, I'm not going to lie about it. This was, um, gosh, before my heart had turned to stone and I never cried. And I opened... The wells opened up in my eyes and I cried for about an hour and I just, I felt like I let everyone down because, you know, your family comes to see you compete in pageants. You spend money on this. I missed my college after graduation or my high school, my high school graduation party to be at this pageant. I mean, I just felt overwhelmed with letdown and allow yourself that opportunity to go through that stage of just being really bummed out because 
if you never acknowledge those emotions, you're just going to continue to build inside of those. So acknowledge that emotion of being embarrassed, being upset with yourself, and then say, okay, what can I learn and how can I prevent this from happening again? So I can guarantee you every other interview I went in from there on out, I was as educated as I possibly could be about one, my platform, two, my state, and three current events so that I was ready to go. And I was also ready with a quick quip that if I didn't know an answer, I felt comfortable. I was ready because I think that's what a lot of our VIP clients I hear most of all is how do I answer a question I don't know the answer to? And we have a podcast about that. And it's just, okay, take a breath, be honest, and get through it. And that's all you can do. But allow yourself the opportunity to grieve, be embarrassed. And then if you're old enough, have a cocktail and move up, move forward. If you're not, have a great girls' night session with your friends, watch a movie, eat some Sour Patch Kids, whatever you need to do to just get through it and laugh about it. <laughs> well, I mean, nothing really strikes home like the embarrassment of failure because you remember that feeling and there's something that goes off in your mind like, I never want to experience that again. And that can be both a positive thing and a negative. Some people in the negative say, okay, I'm never doing a pageant again, or I'm never like taking a risk again. But the positive mm -hmm. is, okay, I'm going to be more prepared, or this is a strategy to where I find myself in a situation again. I'm still going to like put myself in the situation, whether it's a job interview, et cetera, take that risk to succeed, um, but I'm just going to be more prepared. Um, so that was your interview story. Um, gosh, another, do you have like another story that would be relatable to pageants? I can tell my fitness yeah. model. I have my fitness model story. If you'd like to hear that. Sure. One. Yeah. Dive into that. Well, so I obviously, maybe not obvious to some, but I've never competed in a pageant and, um, I actually decided like the year I decided I was going to meet my wife, which was. 2014, I made a goal, okay, I'm going to meet my wife this year and start actually dating her. Um, I had a goal of like, okay, so I made a list of what I was looking for in a woman. And then I was like, okay, my mentor said, are you your list? So I was like, he's, I was like, no, there's about 10 things on the list that I'm not. And he said, well, when you become your list, you'll find your wife because you attract who you are. So I started working on my list and I said, okay, challenge accepted. Basically, I'm going to work on one attribute per month. So in the 10th month, I should have that all wrapped up around October, and that will give me a full two months to find you know, the future Mrs. Roddy. Um, but one of those things was like, okay, I want a, white, a woman who like took care of herself physically. And I look myself in the mirror. I'm like, okay, I haven't been taking care of myself physically. So I thought, okay, what, what can I do to take care of myself? So I was going to the gym, et cetera. And then I was really just getting back into working out. And then I thought, you know what? This would also help my understanding of what pageant girls go through in pageantry if I enter a fitness competition. So it killed two birds with one stone. One, I'd get in really good shape. Two, I'd understand what pageant girls went into. Well, so I started competing for this pageant. And then um, you know, Tony Bowles reached out to me and asked me to be his brand manager. And so I was negotiating back and forth with their I was flying all around like for pageants and like working out, eating good. And I totally forgot to pose, like practice posing at all. And so my brother-in-law, I fly in and actually booked my plane ticket like a month later 
And so my plane, I showed up at the airport and they're like, you're not scheduled for another month. <laughs> so, oh, no. yeah. so I had to, oh. I had to schedule my plane ticket, um, or just buy one on the spot. And I was in like I don't know, Arkansas at the time and I'd fly back to Ohio and my brother-in-law was there and he's like, what are you going to do for your pose? I'm like, Oh my God, I, I haven't even thought about like what I'm going to do for a pose. <laughs> so we just like, well, let's pull up some YouTube videos. So I pulled up YouTube videos. I practiced for like five minutes and then walked out on stage. And then basically that was that. And what I realized was like when I was looking at the other guys around, I was like, oh, like physique wise, there was probably like two guys better than me um, that I was like, authentically, they're better. But I was by far the worst poser, like one of the like worst posers for obvious reasons. And what I, so I just went up there and did my little shtick, you know? Um, and then the feedback was all like, yeah, work on your posing, work on your posing, work on your posing. Um, I ended up getting like 11th out of 30th or something like that. It was, or yeah, so 11 out of 35, but it was all down to posing. And so I realized now, like one, all the different things that pageant girls have to juggle within um, pageantry, but then two, like how important like walking and posing is. Because you can have the best body, best swimsuit, evening gown, et cetera. If you don't know how to present it, you're not going to score anywhere near um, what you should. And so that was a learning curve for me. And it was also a bit embarrassing um, for the fact it's like, oh, you know, what? I left a lot of points on the table. I could have done a lot better in that particular competition. Mm. And I mean, I think there is something unique about pageantry and even fitness competitions as well. And so when I was, when I was 16, I was, I was competing for New York Teen USA. And I think you guys know my story well enough. This was the pageant. I was watching Teen USA tapes, recording all the information about what girls wear, what colors and their hair up. And I was obsessed with becoming Miss Teen USA. And it was expensive, I think. And I can't even believe where entry fees are now at the state level. I think it was $1,000 to enter New York at the time. So I saved up all of my bones and I ended up competing in my last year of eligibility and I just like put all my eggs in that basket. And I wish I would have had the opportunity to go back and had try it once more because I think had I had the opportunity, I might've done okay. I did make the final. So I was happy with that, but I remember wailing, crying on the way home. Like that was the end of a dream I had had for four years. Mm. And pageantry is so unique because there is a hard stop to your dream. Yeah. And that's scary. I think about how scary that is. Almost nothing else in life where you have a goal for has that end date. I mean, I think anything like college related or athletic related, perhaps, but otherwise, think about your dream job. You could restart your life and go after that dream job anytime. I mean, it's sure there's difficult logistics, but pageantry is the end of the, like certain pageants are the end of your road. And you have to be mentally prepared for that. And I always, like, I always think back, I lost that pageant. Two, two weeks later, they advertised for Miss Finger Lakes for MAO in the newspaper. And I took my chance and I, I competed and I won that. And that led me on a totally different life path than what if I had won Miss Teen USA? I might never have gotten into the Miss America organization. I might never have met Mallory Hagan and Nina Davalori and Maria DeSantis, national MAO title holders who became good friends and ultimately pushed me to prepare successfully to be Miss International. So, I mean, I just think about how differently things would have shaken out had I won that pageant. So I know it's cliche and I'm sorry for those listening that you have to hear it, but everything happens for a reason. And I, I sincerely believe that Stephen, I know you do as well. And there's a Steve Jobs quote that I love and I'll share with you. And it's, it's something to the effect of 
you can't always predict your life moving forward. It's not until you look backwards that you can connect the dots. And it's so true. And I had a contestant recently that she she was dynamite. I mean, she easily could have been Miss America someday and she aged out. And I just said, just imagine what life holds for you if this is not it. Because okay. something amazing is waiting if something as amazing as being Miss Blank didn't happen. So it's just you have to keep it in pers- into perspective. Pageantry is not going to define your life forever. It's not. And there's so many bigger things to come. You have to keep it in perspective, but recognize how big of those dreams those dreams are. And, and I get it. I mean, gosh, I can't tell you it's it's not hard to lose a pageant. I mean, it's impossibly difficult, but you have to forge forward. Oh my gosh. And there's something, cause I, I've experienced a lot of, um, failure in my life. And I think that anyone that's trying to do something that's great with their life, you will experience failure equal to the greatness that you want to achieve. Um, I remember I bought my first business at 23. That business was actually stolen from me at 23 or at 24. And I learned about it through the news. <laughs> so oh my gosh. I came back from, and then I lost everything and I had to go to like sleeping on the floor, uh, before I could scrape up to my next business, which failed again. Um, and I lost everything again, but, and then like fell into a really deep depression and it was not, it was, was not a good space, like no shower for a few weeks, etc. Um, just a very bad spot. So, one of my mentors said something to me that just, I connected with it. Unfortunately, I didn't have this advice then. It was like years later, but um, I was still overcoming the the trauma of the failure. And he said, you know, just like one of those rubber bouncy balls, the harder you throw it to the ground, the higher it bounces up. Mm -hmm. And he said, in life, like you will experience success equal to your failure. And for me, I had a really big failure and it was like really struck home with me that, wow, if this was my failure, just like if I'm building a skyscraper, I got to dig a deeper foundation. That failure was my deep foundation, which could keep me grounded for the heights that I was going to experience. Mm -hmm. And so for everyone listening, I will encourage you that if you feel like you had something that was just just mortifying, whether it was a breakup or something in pageant or an interview or whatever, like hold to that. That you know, the the harder the failure was, that the higher that you're going to climb. I mean, just it's the way God kind of works it out for whatever the reason. Because you don't want to get to the top of the ladder and then fall all the way back down because you don't have a sturdy enough foundation to be able to sustain yourself when you do climb that ladder. So if you want to comment on that, you can, but what I'm also curious about is do you have some sort of structure or some sort of tools that you use that when you do fail that you fall back on to get yourself on the right track? Well, I think the biggest thing is defining your goals and take, like I said, take that time to reset, allow yourself the opportunity to kind of absorb what's happening around you. Cause if you just ignore it, you'll never be able to grow off of it. If you just brush it off too quickly without reflecting, you just kind of lose it. So it's important to reset 
and reevaluate two things. One, I think every failure, Stephen, if you agree with me, let me know. I think every failure, one, teaches you what you don't want in life. Mm, yeah, agreed. Because, I mean, you, you make a decision to move forward from something or it makes that decision on you. And you look back and you say, okay, I'm starting over. I know that this is what I don't want. You might not know what you want yet, and that's okay too. I mean, it takes a lifetime, I think, to figure out who you are and what you want on the grand scheme of things, and that's okay. So figure out what's next. Figure out what you didn't like from that. So if you had a negative experience with a pageant but you're and you lost and you still want to compete, think about what you don't want. That's the first thing you can decide. I think that will help you remove that stress away too. Take that entire layer of dissatisfaction and move it to the side. And if it was a pageant that was disorganized, ask everybody you know, check our directory, see what pageants are really lauded for being organized. That's one thing you can do. If there's a pageant that's really quick, but you really want to make lifelong friendships and despite winning or losing, find a pageant with a longer experience. I mean, you figure out what you don't want, and then you can identify where to next. Um, for me, I mean, I go back on my faith, and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts about goal setting. I listen to um, a lot of podcasts about spirituality and what's in store and what's the plan to motivate me. Um, I think everybody is different. Yeah. For me, like, I always connect with stress is bad in any stress, in any, like, um, gosh, phase or any any situation, stress is, is not good. Um, and so when I'm feeling a continued stress, I'm like, why is this here? Like, what, what part of my, in my being is resisting this thing? And then I look to say, how can I remove that obstacle? Um, mm. And I totally connect with you about, like, failure helps you realize what you don't want. Um, and it might be, like, for me, I always knew I wanted to, own my own company, be my own entrepreneur. But there were certain elements that I didn't like. I didn't like going to an office. That's why, you know, all of us, we all work out of our homes and we'll never have an office because <laughs> I, I like the freedom of being able to work from my home and going here and there. And so I structured this business deliberately around that. Um, the other thing that I do is I go back to what I feel like God's promises are for me. Um, there's, things that's been spoken over my life and things that I just really feel like God's told me personally. And whenever I'm having those moments of doubts, like, am I good enough? Is this actually going to happen? I go back to that and I make sure that like within myself, am I on the same path? Like, am I on that ultimate path that I feel like I mm. should be on? Um, and then the third thing, well, I don't, well, there's four things, but the third thing I do is I surround myself with people who will either a, remind me of my past successes or B allow me to freely dream without judging like what my dreams are. And even if my dreams don't necessarily make sense and if they're not necessarily connected, but they're like, yeah, you can do it. You can totally do that. You know, and it doesn't matter like how crazy it is, but they're just encouraging like, Oh my gosh, you can totally do it. Cause that is like nourishment to my soul. Um, and then the fourth thing as I do is I'm really, I always go to actual like pen and parchment and I write down um, like if first I'm of all who's using parchment in 2017 <laughs> are you really using parchment though it's well so I have um, this might sound <laughs> this might sound funny but it's actually like really high grade paper um, are you also using a quill pen 
No, I? not a quill pen. Though I do okay. want to take um, a you have to calligraphy. Yeah, like calligraphy. <laughs> I want to. I want to learn um, how to do that. But I have like this. So when I'm going through like really tough times, or if I feel like oh, like okay, I need a really great like brain strategy session, um, I pull out like my best grade paper and an ink pen, not a yeah, and then I write down like okay, what am I feeling? Like, what are the, um, what are the problems that I'm experiencing? And I'll write those down and then I'll write like potential solutions to that problem. Mm. And a lot of times like our problems and our failures seem overwhelming when they're in our head. But when you write it down, it's like three things. <laughs> it's like, sure. I'm like, that, that's it. Like this is causing like my disruption in sleep or this is causing XYZ. I'm like, Oh, this is like nothing like three or four things. It's nothing. So, um, by getting it on paper that helps me take the energy off and it puts me back in the driver's seat. Cause I can take control over what's happening in my mind. So that's kind of my, my structure there. And to your point as well, there's one, I would take it even one step further. And those things that are driving you crazy or weighing on you, not just define what those are, but then strategize three ways to take them off of your plate. And I think if you can show that there are multiple different ways to make your life easier, to take this weight off your shoulders, I mean, you can see that your life can improve or you can get through that failure through these different avenues. So, oh, I always tell the girls for interviews, for interview questions, but this is also true for real life, but be solution based and think, okay, I, I didn't win this, but what's next and how do I get there? Not just the what, it's always the how. And it's so interesting how this is all ringing true with the what I tell them to how I tell them to approach their interview and how I tell them to approach like the overcoming these failures. And it's it's all about not just and I say I think I loved your idea about don't pre-qualify your goals and dreams, like really reach for the stars. And when you're writing in your parchment with your quill pen, like reach for the stars with that. Don't be, don't pre-qualify, write it all down and then work backwards from that and, and see how close we can get. Let's put a plan in place to make it happen. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I mentioned it or not. I'm thinking back. I'm like, gosh, did I mention it? But I do. That's the part that makes me feel like I'm in control is when I write out potential solutions to mm -hmm. the problem that I'm facing. Uh, because just writing down your problems, sometimes that can add <laughs> more trouble. And then you're like, and then this, and then this. But um, if you, you do, when you write out that solution, it just, it helps alleviate that pain and it helps to help you realize that, wow, I, re I really do have a control over my own life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, was say I want, so no, that's okay. I, if you're listening and you have pen and parchment handy, I'm never going to let you live that down, by the nice. way. I think that is the funniest thing I've heard so far this week. Um, I want you to take out a pen and paper, and I want you to write down what you want out of pageantry and why you're competing. And if you don't win that next pageant, I want you to think about the next pageant that can get you those three things. Because I can promise you that that list, there is a pageant for you. And if your dream is to see that succeed through pageantry, you may decide, you know what, pageantry is not for me. I can achieve these goals in another way in my life. And that's totally fine. Because the skills you've learned in this industry will help you in whatever path you choose. That I can be perfectly sure of. But write those things down. And 
focus on the traits you want to get out of it, the successes you want. So maybe it's you want to build your personal network. Maybe that's one of your goals. Two, maybe it's you want people to hear you sing. Maybe you're talented and that's why you're competing in the Miss America program, for instance. Maybe you want to be signed by a modeling agency. Are the And those are obviously some very random three things. But think about that. Can you have people see or hear you sing in another way in life? Yeah. yeah, of course. You can get a YouTube channel. My gosh, people get discovered on you. Justin Bieber, hello. Or if you want to be find, signed by a modeling agency, can you get signed by a modeling agency without pageants? Yeah, you can. So keep your eye on those ultimate goals. And if it's a pageantry setback that's really holding you back, look at those and really think, okay, how can I get there? What's a what's another way? Do not let one roadblock hold you back from those dreams that you have. It's such good advice. And honestly, I have surround like people who spend any time with me will hear me often make reference to my coaches or my mentors. I mean, these are people I've either partnered with in business or hired directly. And I am a huge proponent in coaching. And that's like why we are a coaching resource. Um, it's made such a tremendous difference in my life. And really to be able to talk with someone like you, Jesse, for like, 25 bucks like for 20 minutes i mean it's laughable how i mean it's like i've paid hundreds of dollars like an hour for of somebody's time so i mean and you've had just such amazing experience you're a national title holder you have a ton of brand and marketing experience too so i mean it's it's laughable how easy and how accessible wisdom is if you come to the session with the right questions to ask for sure. And it's so funny because I, with our platinum VIPs, I always encourage them to keep their session for immediately after their pageant. Cause they, like I say, book it, do not allow yourself to miss it, put it in your calendar and let's do it. Cause it's either going to be a celebration for us to celebrate a uh, crown one, or it's a conversation to say, okay, what, what did we learn from this and what the heck is next? And so much is about really identifying what the next move in and then last week we talked about what system is best for you but we always talk about how can we serve your greater goals um, and it's such a huge piece so if you have a coach if you have a mentor make sure that you connect with them after that failure not just building up to that um, competition that you have if that's what it is but mo make sure that you are ready for the aftermath and I'll, I'll say one other quick story when I um, when I was competing I wrote myself a note Every single day I was in competition and I sealed it and I knew what I would be feeling that day because I know myself. And I think if you're competing, you know yourself. And I've done this for a couple of clients as well that I'm close to and some friends. And of course, I always wrote one for the day after the pageant. And it says the same thing every time. And you're welcome to steal this or if you have a loved one competing in a pageant, do this. But it's sealed and all it says is, Jesse, congratulations on to the next great adventure. Because whether I won or whether I didn't, the whole world was open to me. And again, I was going to be probably really, really sad and really upset and really disappointed if I didn't win. And I, that was going to be the case, but I had moved forward. Like you will, you will move forward and life will open up the way it's supposed to. But if you do win, you're congratulating yourself and it's going to be an adventure. It's going to be really exciting and really amazing. So put yourself in that frame of mind that losing is winning and winning is winning, right? It's the same thing. So no, you cannot go wrong in the path that you choose and the path that you're led to. So great. So if somebody isn't currently working with a coach and they want to work with you, how can they find more out about you to work with you directly? 
Yeah, for sure. If you visit pageantplanet.com backslash coaching, you can read all about our membership options, um, our VAP membership, unlimited mock interviews, unlimited written correspondence, and of course, our platinum, which is more hand-holding um, coaching sessions with me. And we have a really exciting opportunity to get. Um, so if you don't need those mock interviews, maybe you have a coach in person, but you want somebody to be able to give you 24-hour response, um, that's a new package we'll be opening up as well. So you can learn all about that on pageantplanet.com backslash coaching. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jesse. Once again, really valuable show. And until next time. Thanks, Stephen. Want to ask your questions to the title holders and professionals we interview? Become a VIP girl today and get unlimited coaching from the pageant planet. Plus, ask as many questions as you'd like for only $47.